0: You're listening to The Wheeler Centre Podcast. This episode was created on the stolen, unceded lands of the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation and the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. The Wheeler Centre acknowledges their elders past and present and the elders of the lands of which this podcast reaches. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Across three episodes, we're bringing you a special audio edition of Notes – The Wheeler Centre's digital publishing series. For this edition, participants in our 2020 podcast development program, Signal Boost, have created audio stories around the theme, order. It's a word that brings to mind structure, organisation, command or subjugation. Think the natural order, alphabetical order, out of order. It's a title, descriptor and alternative. A holy order. A tall order or law and order? It can be a direction or a request. Get your house in order. Take your marching orders. This edition features explorations of history, food and memory. In the final piece of the series, Everywhere and Nowhere, Karishma Luthria reflects on home, self-identity and nights that have you tossing and turning.
1: Good morning ladies and gentlemen. From the cockpit, this is your first officer. As you can feel, we're in our descent uh, for the approach and landing into uh, Sydney, uh, Kingsford uh, Smith International. I landed in Sydney on my 20th birthday in 2015. It was February. The sun was out. The humidity was in full strength. And back home in Mumbai, this would mean I wouldn't venture out of home lest my hair gets frizzy or I get a sunstroke. Dramatic, I know. But here I was in Australia, attempting to fulfil a dream I'd had for a long time. To get away from my extremely sheltered family and finally be myself. The best birthday gift yet. The next month was blurry. I drank too much at orientation nights with too few people that looked like me. That's what I wanted, or that's what I thought. My parents returned to India, and as the months went by, I delved further into the world of bookkeeping and microeconomics, selling my soul to capitalism. At college, my dorm room was long and rectangular. It was squished up against a million similar rooms, One tight box per person. At night, I'd be lying in bed listening to the clock tick past midnight. My ears peaked by the quietness of Australian suburbia and the low hum of crickets. The sounds of the night in Sydney were so different to the sounds of the night back in Mumbai. I missed the sounds of people having a chat on the streets and dogs barking at a distance that filtered through my window until all hours of the night. In Sydney, I'd toss and turn, my dreams filled with nightmares of statistics and late submissions. And on the weekends, I'd drink at college events until I couldn't feel anything. I would eat in the dining hall with seventy or so other residents, and we'd make conversation about the weather, our assignments, and due dates, or the food; and this is when I most missed the smell of a home cooked meal, and my mother's gentle reminders to come and eat with my family. "Dinner is ready." I'd chosen to get rid of those environments that made me feel like myself back home. My family, my friends, my community, and even the space around me in my comfortable little bubble. I wasn't all alone though. There were other students around me. But without my family, I didn't even know who I was. in a country where knowing who you are as an individual is so central to forming connections, friendships, and communities, not knowing who I was and living without my family, I felt isolated. Over this four-month period, I realized I was lost, academically, spatially, and most importantly, mentally. I could no longer keep up with the numbers and the silence of Australian suburbia was only riling up my anxiety. In lecture halls and tut rooms, the four walls and the calculations started to suffocate me. At the mention of exams, I could feel tears welling up or a sudden wave of claustrophobia. I just remember it. I remember being in that tut room A student leader or a student tutor was explaining something about accounting and I just reached a point where I was like, oh god, I can't do this anymore. I had to walk out. It was too much. Too many people knew too much more than me about the subject and it made me so anxious. I'd leave the room gasping for air, looking at the greenery around me and wish I was home in familiar territory around familiar faces. My anxiety was growing, only I didn't know it was anxiety. With college friends growing weary of how I dealt with my lack of direction, I realised I hadn't really formed strong friendships in Sydney. I couldn't wrap my head around the social dynamics here and often kept to myself rather than sharing my thoughts or being my real self. Why couldn't I fit in? Why don't I understand when people ask me, how you're going, that I don't need to reply where? Why do I get annoyed when people misspell my name or call Nepal Nepal? I just didn't get it and it annoyed me so much. My racing thoughts on a daily basis left me exhausted. Add that to my feeling of isolation in Australian suburbia and my unwillingness to really explore other parts of Sydney because of this weird fear of ignoring my studies and anxious thoughts that I'd fail, it was all too overwhelming. My hopes were dashed because I didn't have that university experience straight out of an American college comedy movie or something. I couldn't deal with the silence anymore. Australian suburbia wasn't for me. I found myself back where I started, at the airport on my way back to India. I wasn't ready to be away from my family, and I needed to figure out who I was before I left home again. At home, the first few weeks were great, feeling like nothing had changed and the six months of isolation were all just a bad dream. I spent time understanding who I was and what my anxiety was. Having ignored it and its cues all my life, it was obvious I could no longer leave it unaddressed. There was so much self-imposed pressure to follow some sort of rigid life plan. Dear diary, by 23, I'd be a business graduate, working for some big company, dating a pretty boy who looked like he'd walked out of a 90s MTV or VH1 set. I'm going to have the perfect, strong, independent life. But plans don't always work out, I consoled myself. Over time, I found myself in India's art and music scene. I met people, shared ideas, and I realized I loved debating politics. I loved going bargain hunting and finding records for 500 rupees or 10 dollars at a market in India. And most importantly, I loved being on my own. The comforting community vibes of home were completely opposed with my newfound love for going on dates with myself. Almost unexpectedly, I knew who I was and the comforting sheltered ways of home felt limiting again. What ensued after this realization was convincing my family to let me go to Sydney again. That this time I knew what I was doing, I knew who I was. But telling your Indian parents you want to study journalism at a time when print media was thought to be dying a slow death was not the best idea. After lots of fighting and a lot of introspection about my own privilege to be able to give higher education another try, I came back to Sydney. What if this didn't work? I was scared. What if I do? Why are you my anxiety was feeling really full. But I knew I could face whatever came my way because we all have to be adults at some point, right? I moved to the city. I was surrounded by the lights, conversation, and life in Newtown. I loved it. I reveled in it. This was me. Traffic in Newtown replaced the sounds of traffic in Mumbai and I just found a new groove for myself. And while my anxiety continued to be full, this time I decided I needed help navigating university and life in Australia. In fact, mental health help was so normalized in Australia that if I didn't try to work on my anxious thoughts, I risked feeling like I was lost again. As I asked for help, I slowly felt more accustomed to life. And studying in australia i found that i needed to explore and understand my anxiety something that i hadn't felt at home there i was met with taunts go take a walk and clear your head okay just breathe i i'm anxious but now i love walking through busy cbd streets randomly finding little jazz bars listening to records at music shops drinking a mocha and sharing conversations with friends who make Sydney a little more like home when I'm homesick. I find a new sense of community in food with friends and sometimes we even watch sappy Bollywood movies and speak to each other in various Indian languages and colloquialisms. At the same time, being alone no longer haunts me. I love going for long romantic walks by myself. I love reading a book at a cafe and mostly I'm grateful for being able to find a little part of myself by leaving places, faces and times where I was most comfortable. At nights, I no longer hear my ticking clock and when I do, it's just that, a ticking clock. And sometimes the chirping of crickets even brings me peace.
0: Thanks for listening. That was Signal Boost participant Karishma Luthria with her piece Everywhere and Nowhere. For full transcripts and more information on this edition of Notes, visit www.wheelercentre.com forward slash order.